Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend Enfuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. Show's namesake BJ Shea is on assignment. I bet he's watching Picard. Probably. <laughs> Which we'll talk about at some other time. We're not talking about it today. No, we're not. Uh, but running the boards is Joey D. Yeah, it's Wednesday. Wednesday. And for the next couple of Wednesdays, at least, we'll be talking about Moon Knight. Yeah. We got to talk about this penultimate episode and what the hell was really going on and what reality is what. And uh, I'll be honest, I don't know. And uh, then maybe that more just depends on how much we're going to talk about Moon Knight. But of course, we will get to the geek sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. Can have our blogs, podcast, and more. I don't know what that was. <laughs> but right. what I do know is if you search for BJ Shea's Geek Nation, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, iTunes, and the Odyssey app. Okay. And you'll find us. Yeah, find us. Interact with us. Let us know maybe if you knew what the hell was going on during that whole episode of Moon Knight. Moon Knight. Because it was episode five, the penultimate episode. There's, it's only a six-episode uh, limited series. So I was, I'll be honest, I was kind of expecting a little bit more when it got down more? to it. More? <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help it. Maybe, some, uh, maybe just some resolution at this point in time. But what it did do, it did it really well. First off, Oscar Isaac is an amazing actor. Right? Like, I, I totally am convinced there's two different people yeah, performing. Exactly. And so to be able to see what was going on between um, Mark and Steven and... I don't know at this point, like three, four, five different realities that are mashing in together this whole time. Uh, at the end of episode four, we saw him in a psych ward and we didn't know what the hell was going on. Um, but it was also ended with the uh, with a hippo saying hi. Uh, very, a very nice hippo, um, which turns out to be uh, Tawamet. Yes. And uh, which is the Egyptian god of childbearing and fertility. And then also the guide to the underworld for uh, Egyptian gods. So one of the one things that was really established in this is that there are multiple planes of what like otherworldly existence or something. She said it very, very much, very much better. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah she said it way better than I could ever possibly do, but it was one of those things which kind of hit with me because she even mentioned just in passing, it's like, Oh, have you been to the astral plane? It's very nice there. And you're like, wait, that's Dr. Strange astral plane. Ooh. So all these different things are on different levels or just as different aspects. I'm picturing it as like one of those malls that has like three or four levels. <laughs> and you just got to go down the escalator to check them all out. I'm Something like down, that. I'm heading down to the escalator to uh, go see uh, the uh, Wakandan afterlife, which I can't remember the name of. But. Right. <laughs> I'm going to go find Dormammu, excuse me. Oh, dear. Yeah, good luck with that one. Yeah. But it was kind of interesting to uh, even just casually put that out there because it kind of shows there's not only a multiverse in the physical form, but there are multiverses in the space spiritual, astral realm. realm, whatever you want to call it with that, which makes sense, especially when we're going to get into stuff in the future with Thor, Love, and Thunder, and uh, with the other gods going out there. Like, it seems that it would make sense that there would be these different things where they wouldn't, you can't just, you know, hang out with, uh, 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 you know, um, like Black Panther along the same lines with any of the Egyptian gods. Right. And we know the Egyptian gods don't force their influence 
on people so far because they kind of had that whole trial and he's like, we don't do anything. Remember, we're just supposed to be like observers. Mm-hmm. So we know that so they another can't... Eternals. Yeah, essentially <laughs> another Eternals. So we know that they haven't been impacting the world yet, but once the dimensions open up and now the planes start crashing they together. Have no choice. I, yeah, and that's the one thing I'm also wondering and how much is this going to lead into because when we saw some of the other limited series, not, not um, you know, Falcon and the Winter Soldier because it kind of dealt with more of just a what everyone is dealing with in the physical realm, but we got a lot of the uh, the multidimensional stuff, obviously with Spider Man, but also with um, the Loki series and WandaVision, where they are the ones that are actually breaking it. And it seems like this is this series kind of is like the bridge between, like I don't see Moon Knight breaking anything other than maybe his brain even more so, right? But also just getting into the. Uh, uh, like dealing with what's going to be happening with the breaking um, and just kind of one person struggle with that, which is a little bit more, you know, down down to earth, uh, even though they're on different planes or whatever the hell they're doing, uh, like a uh, like the captain or Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, super interesting. Uh, I am kind of wondering because in this episode was a lot of flashbacks and a lot of learning about Mark's past. Lots of memories, yeah. Yeah, but we didn't see a third personality and we didn't see him getting weighed, which is interesting. And the the whole thing with this was the whole aspect of this was that uh, they were being being sent to the 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 underworld, uh, which could either be if the if the scales balanced correctly, they would be able to go to live in a field full of reeds for all eternity, which apparently is great. I hope they got Netflix or something. Um, <laughs> or you get stuck down into the sea itself, get frozen there for all time until someone needs to get dragged down there. Um, and so the the scale, which has been a, a constant thing, especially when we've been watching this show because uh, Harrow has been, that's his whole thing. Like the scales will show whether or not you should be judged and if you're going to uh, end up where you're, or where you're going to end up. He's been killing people with pre-crime, man. It's right. Cool. I know pre-crime ain't cool, man. And they uh, and just getting into that, it's like the scales have to be balanced in order for you to go with that. And they weren't balanced. Even the whole heart pulling out thing was really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But as we get to the end of the episode, it's the realization that Stephen needs to, I guess, let go of Mark to become balanced. But to your point, even in the psych ward episode part of the fourth episode, we saw a sarcophagus that was shaking, trying to break out. And since uh, 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 Stephen had been in the sarcophagus in a previous scene before that, it would stand to reason that another aspect would be there. And a lot of people are expecting, and maybe this is going to be another Mephesto part, that there's a third uh, a third person in uh, in a third Mark. personality. Yeah, well, third personality. In, in the Mark. comics, the third personality, his name is Jake Lockley. And so a lot of people are speculating, is this going to be him? Is this not uh, Jake Lockley was like a taxi driver. Okay. Um, seems like a chill dude, but uh, everyone's implying because they have, he's had those moments of what did you do? It's like, that wasn't me. Yeah. This is supposed to be the more violent of the three, which if you guys remember the show Misfits, if you ever watched when we got Rudy, he had his two personalities. That was a superpower. He could split his personalities. And then later we find out there's a third one and he's not as nice as you would think. And it's even just looking at a couple of articles and kind of reading through things and trying to figure out what's going on. They even mentioned in uh, Den of Geek did one thing where like there's like, where is Jake Lockley? And there does seem to be uh, lots of shots of yellow cabs driving in the background. Mm-hmm. So they seem to think maybe it's like a subliminal sort of intro that sort of way. Um, I ho- 
See, I, I, I'm really trying to focus on the Stephen and Mark story because, like with all of these, we tend to get caught up in the, the Mephesto or what's going to be the big thing or what's going to be happening or we're expecting some sort of huge, massive reveal. And I've been trying to just to focus on the story and the characters. Yeah, it, it's kind of hard when they didn't like to not do it when they didn't blatantly just put it there for us. Yeah. You know, it's not like, oh, is this, you know, is this the the handkerchief in this guy's pocket mean Mephisto or something? No, this is, here it is. Yeah. This is important. And I'm kind of glad this episode finally answered what I've been curious about this entire time. Who is technically the main person? Yes. Because we saw Stephen Grant first, so my brain this whole time thought he was the main. And uh, and, uh, unfortunately, he thought he was too. Mm -hmm. Like when we get down to it, and then it it turns out to be no, uh, Stephen was a coping mechanism. Mm -hmm. And we even saw the cheesy-ass movie in episode Mm -hmm. four. We're like, okay, well, this is just part of his psyche. No, apparently it was an actual cheesy-ass movie from his childhood. Just like a sweet human being who didn't have to go through all that pain. Yeah. But it makes me think because, uh, sorry, I'm trying to, I'm not going to confuse. Mark feels super awful of everything he's done. All the people he's killed, he's remembered every single one of them. My mm-hmm. thinking is if it is a uh, Jake Lockley, this is the person where, like, he, he d- has a hard time killing people, especially when it's probably like a kid or a woman or whatever it is. So he created Jake Lockley to do his dirty work, like the dirty, dirty work. Just the same way as he created Stephen to basically remember his mother and his family with the good memories, Mm -hmm. which uh, uh, very few and far between. And even Joe just came in uh, uh, when we were talking earlier today and was just like, it's always got to be the parents, man. I'm like, I know, right? (laughs) And... But that, honestly, though, like, I mean, psychologically speaking, uh, you learn every single one of your coping mes- me- mechanism from early childhood, especially mm-hmm. the younger you are, whether it is, you know, retreating, whether it's fighting back, what whatever it is you learn at a young age. So it's on track. <laughs> yeah. And that's like the just the hardest thing to kind of realize. And a lot of people, I mean, had a lot of. Uh, 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 I don't want to say issues with this episode because it really wasn't that, but it was one of those ones where it really kind of got to you in a way that I wasn't necessarily expecting in a Marvel series, especially a shorter one because now it just leads into this last episode to kind of wrap everything up. And we don't even know what's going to be going on because it's a Moon Knight series. And for the last couple episodes, there has been no Moon Knight. Yeah, you know, I think this was a great episode. Just unfortunately, to your point, being the penultimate episode, it's kind of tough because we didn't go back to reality. So you kind of feel a little disconnected from Mm -hmm. the main storyline. Yeah. That being said, I mean, Oscar Isaac's performance, Ethan Hawke's performance, you know, it's just so good. I I didn't really care at the end of the day, but but I do feel people's, you know, know, feelings on that and why it could be that way. I mean, we... As like a nerdy community and everything, we have complained a lot about <laughs> the origin story movies. Oh, like yeah. We're tired of them. I mean, especially with characters we already know. We don't need another origin story for Spider-Man. Like, I mean, they did do technically one with Batman-esque, but they did it a completely different way, and I think that's why it worked. You still need to watch the movie so you can give us your opinion. Yeah, I know. Sorry. (laughs) That being said, Moon Knight is not a character that is well known. We don't know his story. Not the average 
Joe, the hey. average person, <laughs> is not going to know his backstory like a nerd would. And even we, like, I mean, I, okay, maybe I'm not going to speak for you guys. I didn't know anything about Moon Knight, really, except for that silly meme that's not even a real thing. Right. Dracula, and, where's my money? <laughs> and the thing is also with that, like, a lot of people just kind of, and I, again, like, I ha- like I read comics, I knew about Moon Knight, but he didn't interest me, interest me because I just, at face value, figured, oh, he's a Batman ripoff. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't really care that much. I knew that he was sort of part of the Midnight Suns and I thought Blade and like Hannibal and you know Morbius were kind of cool characters but Moon Knight was like okay a dude in a suit and then realizing where they've gone with him now and where he is now I'm super interested in him. Well and if you think about it he's not just an origin story for Moon Knight it's an origin story for Stephen Grant, Mark Spector, Moon Knight and even this whole world like this different astral world like we have the magic realm we have like the quantum realm mm-hmm. we have space that we've discovered and this is a whole new kind of egyptian underworld like spiritually gods everything a completely new thing i mean you're right though i mean like think about it so we got the multiverse that's going to be cracking open and uh-huh. has in different aspects we have like you just talked about the spiritual world like all of these different things that all have to interact and they want these things to all kind of come together in this sort of universe. Yeah, this would not have worked as a movie because there would be way too much stuff to put in. Absolutely. So the idea of making it a short series, brilliant. Yeah, I think it really reminds me of Guardians of the Galaxy. A lot of unknown characters, but it really opened up the world. Yeah. Like it showed you a lot of stuff you didn't see before and it kind of connected to it. But I mean, he's, I mean, they're doing it with just two real characters in this movie, which is incredible. Well, in the show. Yeah, and I mean, even at that aspect, the only thing, the only anchors to the real world at this point in time are Harrow, whom they're trying to stop uh you know having unleashing Amit which apparently at this point Amit has been it's, unleashed they've because already been doing we saw we saw the soul bombs coming down like people who haven't been judged yet being judged again like we just talked about pre-crime um and then also Layla who is going to be the one person that's going to be able to bring uh, uh Mark back because Stephen gave himself to the the Dead Sea essentially to save to save Mark, we don't know what's going to happen with Steven, but it all re- revolves around the fact that Layla can unleash Khonshu so that Mark can go back to his body. Heal. Heal, because he is dead, dead, deader yeah. than dead. Like, he got shot and killed. So it's really interesting to see that sort of aspect. It's very much a, you know, uh, you know, a Jesus Christ, uh, a, a, a Neo-Matrix sort of aspect where he's got to come back to the land of the living to be able to do all of this. But Jon he... Snow. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Jon Snow, like all of these different people. So this last episode has got to get through a lot of stuff. I kind of hope it's going to be an extra long episode. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's nothing better than when you click the pause button on accident and see it's like an hour and 20 minutes. <laughs> right? You'll be like, oh, okay, cool. Well, now I don't feel bad about going to the bathroom right yeah, now, about yeah. half hour in. Um, so, yeah, very excited to see what's going to be going on with this. Unfortunately, we're going to be taking a week off, so we're gonna. it's going to take a little while for us to get to this, so make sure you watch it. Maybe rewatch it a couple times. Think about your theories about what's going to be happening with that, uh, with the ending. Send us all of your messages, whether you loved it, whether you hated it, things that you loved, particularly 
particularly or things that you did not like particularly. I want to hear all about that. And also just the fact that uh, how much you love Oscar Isaac, even if you don't. Like, I want to hear why, because it's going to be a hard argument. I mean, the man went from going to something like uh, being Apocalypse Mm -hmm. uh, into a show like this. So you can definitely say it's not his problem. It's not his (laughs) acting fault on that one. Honestly, if you want to see his range, I mean, Poe Dameron, whether or not you like those movies, Poe Dameron is a very different character. He can play comedic. He can do the action stuff. If you want a mind F, and I've said this before, watch Annihilation. Oh, is he in that one as well? Yes, he is in that one with Natalie Portman. Uh, Tessa Thompson, oh my God, that movie, Great movie. Yeah. effed me up. Like, I walked out of the theater and like, don't talk to me. That and Arrival. <laughs> no, seriously, it is so, wow. if you have a big screen and the surround sound at home, like a good setup, turn the lights out, watch it. It is a mind F. It's trippy, yeah, it's beautiful, kind of sad. There's a, there's, BJ told me there's like an allegory to the film of like what it actually means. Yeah, like, yeah, I knew about yeah. that, yeah. Yeah. It's um, a very big one for cancer, I believe is what yes. it is. Uh, which I did not catch. <laughs> Neither did I. Let me tell you, I did do a lot of reading about it. <laughs> yes, exactly. But if you get a chance, like his performance in that is pretty interesting as well. Well, Vicky, stick around because now it is time for The Geek Sheet with Vicky B. All right, Vicky, what do you got for us? Something uh, I was a little concerned when I read the title or the headline for this. And then as I read, it made my heart just like, oh, that's cute. Okay. So apparently... The, one of the producers from the original Spider-Man revealed that Stanley was actually uh, initially disappointed with the movie. What? And we we all remember, like at least when it came out, like I I don't know how well it holds up today, CGI wise. Yeah, I think story wise still holds up. Um, I mean, it's like over twenty years old at this point. So, like, yeah. if if the CGI does hold up, that's a that's, that's amazing. Impressive. And that would just be maybe just because the fact that Ted Raimi or not Tim Ray, Sam Raimi mm-hmm. uh, is really good at practical effects, mm-hmm. and so him. Bringing some of that into it might have helped a lot. I, I kind of want to go back and watch it now. Right. Uh, well, producer Avi Arad told a story about one of his favorite moments, Spider-Man moments, with Stan Lee. He says, one of the greatest moments of Spider-Man was showing Stan Lee for the first time uh, the CGI of Spider-Man flying. And I'm looking at him, and he was like an uncle, you know? And he whispers in my ear, that's it? And oh. then I realize he doesn't know it's pre-viz. He was new to technology, to the technology side of things, and he was so disappointed. I almost cried. I said, Stan, the world's never seen anything like it. But yeah, but it doesn't look cool. Like I told him, don't worry, it'll be great. Anyhow, when I saw it finished and he had a bunch of tears in his eyes because that was his baby. Oh, pre-vis being all the pre-visual effects like yep. we were talking about. Yeah, because I know that I we I, I don't know if you guys have seen they did show some of the like back in the day, some of like the Hulk stuff, like pre-visual effects, uh-huh. and you're just like this doesn't look great. Or they'll show stuff where I know James Gunn has done it before with Guardians. Well, they'll just have like storyboards in the middle to yeah. kind of bridge some of the things or like the behind the scenes mm-hmm. stuff. And that can, yeah, you're just like, oh, this, well, I, 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 I guess I can see what they're supposed to do here. I'm but fiction, if Stan yeah. thought it was the finished movie, oh, Aww. dude, that would break my heart too. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy if you've ever seen those green screen things where it's mm-hmm. literally just a person, green, and like three steps, and they shoot like an entire yeah. scene going through like some- The side-by-side ones yeah. are so cool. And you're like, man, I don't know how these actors do it to really get into character. Yeah. I, I recently saw a picture from like Knives Out, and I haven't seen it, so please don't spoil it. Yet. Okay. It's on my list. I the do want to see it. They come the out. Knives. Uh, <laughs> but there's a part with um, Jamie Lee Curtis is sitting down, and apparently the room, like the back of the room behind her was real- but the rest was all green screen, but they actually incorporated real live windows with lights, 
above her so it would reflect on her glasses. So everything was you've green gotta screen. Think, you've got to think of that glasses. stuff. Yeah. yeah. Like I just, I, and it's like I feel bad for the person who's got to like make sure that like everything is perfect all of the time when it comes down to those things because it can get it can get hectic. Uh, was the continuity people who are just like, oh yeah, I got to pay attention to this and this, and oh yeah, we need the lighting there because there's supposed to be lighting there. Yeah, dumb admission. I actually watched that movie and I've watched it four different times and seen all different parts. Missed the middle and didn't realize it was a satire until my friend goes, "Did you even see the movie?" <laughs> and I was like, "Wait, it is." And it's like it's a murder. It's a guy who writes murder mysteries who gets murdered in his house about mm-hmm. a murder mystery. And yeah. I was like, yeah. "Oh, yeah, 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 yeah." <laughs> All right. Well, moving on. Uh, could you guys tell me what the number one grossing, highest grossing domestic box office video game movie is? Video game movie. Because we have talked about oh. this. There are very, very few video game movies. That are actually good. And you said domestic. Yes. Okay, so that takes out World of Warcraft because yep, it didn't yep. do great here, but it Mm-mm. did fantastic around the world. Like in China, I think. Oh, too. Yeah, yeah, massive in China. And it had so many good actors, too. That Video bummed me out. Game. I'm going to go with Sonic just because it's the newest. Sonic the Hedgehog, because a new article came out saying that oh, Sonic the Hedgehog 2 is officially the second. Highest grossing. Wow. Oh, wow. oh, no, excuse me. Sonic 2 is now the highest grossing movie because it beat Sonic, Sonic 1. 1. Okay. Wow. So that, that's what I meant. Nice. Damn, good call there. I was trying to yes. think. As, I was thinking like older, older movies, and I was like, mm. none of those movies are good. Like Sonic is actually a good video game movie. Yeah, because it's for kids. Yeah. I mean, not like you can't watch it as an adult, but they did it, you know, they didn't do that one of the things where we're going to make Mortal Kombat and we're going to make it for adults and you're like, how is this ever going to appeal to an audience that doesn't know the show or the movie or the game, I mean. Well, as of when this article came out last week, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog currently sits at... uh, $147,069,418 and which topped uh, the original Sonic or Sonic 1 at 146,066,470. Jeez. So beat it by by a million. So it got some rings is what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Sonic did some collecting. (laughs) Yeah, Sonic didn't get hit and lose it all. Yeah, and for reference, (laughs) worldwide box office numbers, it has a long way to go to beat Warcraft, which that came out at 439 million. Yeah, yeah, and I knew that one was going to be the most worldwide one. And you know what? It was funny because my wife recently asked me about it, and she's just like, oh, what did you think of that movie? And I was like, the story was a mess. It, it, It went too far back into the lore. And the CGI was pretty good, but the magic, when they used magic in that, it was so amazing, so fantastic and beautiful. I remember, because it's a very early scene in that movie where one of the mages casts a spell, and you're like, this movie's going to be awesome. Yeah, and then it just is like, well, it's still a movie. Yeah. <laughs> can, you please, can you please use more magic? And I get there's a storyline, but when you're doing an initial story for a video game where people don't know the whole plot, you have to have a very defined good and bad guy. Yeah, because magic is hard, right? Be- you know, there's always a, a, a light and dark side to it because you know the wizards are casting spells and the orcs are trying to pillage everything <laughs> and they're trying to make good characters bad and bad characters good, right? It's really hard to kind of figure all of that out. And you know, I mean, I think the best movies out of World of Warcraft are just their cinematics, anyway. Oh, the one <laughs> thing so Blizzard's good, done well, dude, yeah. yeah. I mean, even as they went downhill, even if you watch the World of Warcraft release trailers for their new um, expansions, yeah, Dragonflight still like and that's still the- amazing. Like, the, yeah, the cinematic is great. I haven't played World of Warcraft, I 
think since Battle for Azeroth, like at the very beginning, or maybe just the end of Legion. And this one, I was like, well, I'm not going to get back into it, but I really could. I, like, I, I want to be a dragon. <laughs> I know, I know. I want to be a dragon. I want to ride a dragon. I want to be a dragon rider who rides a dragon. Yeah. Uh, would you guys like to hear upcoming video game movies for that are coming up, or video game movies that we should get? Uh, how about the ones that we should get? Those right. are the more fun ones, just because the ones that are coming up, I don't want to be disappointed. And this comes from PlayStationLifestyle.net. Uh, and this was, uh, they came out with this uh, about a, a couple months ago when they were talking about when they're Netflix putting together a Bioshock movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, please be good. It's I know. not going to be, but it's, please be yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> Underwater steampunk land, please. Yeah. Uh, some of these I've never heard of, so I'm hoping you guys do okay. uh, know them. But there is one called Dino Crisis they think deserve to be made. Dino Crisis. Was that like an N64 game? Um, it's I'm not really sure. It's like uh, they say it's there's something very different with Dino Crisis as opposed to like Jurassic Park. Without diving too much into the plot itself, you have a team of soldiers dropped into a remote island tasked with finding a scientist who is running a secret weapons project. Little does the team know that the island is infested with all sorts of dinosaurs and monsters, making it extremely difficult to succeed in their mission. Think Resident Evil, but with dinosaurs, and you have a potential for a great survival horror movie. I I, I would agree with that if we didn't have all the Jurassic Park movies. Especially this recent. Yeah, and so I I would say yeah, but also at that point, no. Just because like uh, I, I, I understand survival horror with dinosaurs. That's super fun and super awesome, but we literally have that with all the Jurassic World, Jurassic Park. I've seen enough of Chris Pratt. (laughs) Well, you're going to get more still anyway. Uh, This next one, they're even in their article saying that it wasn't even the best game with critics, but the premise and setting and everything, if adapted correctly, could make for a very good detective thriller. The game is called Soul Suspect. Oh, I haven't heard of that one. So the game itself is set in fictional in a fictional version of Salem and puts players into the role of Detective Ronan O'Connor, who is trapped in the afterlife. And the only cure for, uh, to this is finding his killer with his new sp- supernatural abilities. Oh. That sounds pretty awesome. And it's a Square Enix game, too, so mm-hmm. it will have a good story. So you can kind of crib from that pretty well. And I'm guessing they mean, like, Salem... Um, Massachusetts. Massachusetts and not like Salem, Oregon or something, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. More likely because, yeah, the whole witches and stuff with Salem. Yeah, that I makes mean, more sense. I don't know how many witches and all that stuff is in this, but if that means, I feel like witches have a new, like, you know, vampires were a thing for a while. That was like pirates were a thing for a while. I feel like witches are now. Yeah, witches have their chance to come back. And I mean, yeah. they did remake uh, the craft, but maybe, uh, maybe do something new with the witches and. More than just, you know, Witches of Eastwick or something like that. What's-Her-Face is getting a series, right, from the uh, uh, Scarlet Witch series. Or Scarlet Florence, uh, Florence Pugh? No. Right yes. uh, from the Marvel one uh, with... Uh, Agatha? Yeah. Oh, Agatha. Yeah. Yes, yes. So, uh, yeah, Agatha Harkness is getting one, yeah. So I guess that does make sense. And she's kind mm. of more of the sci-fi, or not sci-fi, superhero witch, but still. I mean, okay. <laughs> superhero witch. Yeah. Uh, this is a game I remember seeing the cover of a lot. Like, I think my high school boyfriend had it, uh, if it's this old. Dead Space? Oh. Yeah, that was a good one too because it's another survival horror. Obviously, now mm-hmm. in space, I just remember the cool mask that the guy wore—the helmet with the multiple oh, yeah. like uh, lines and stuff. That one was super cool. And that's what they're saying: set in a space station with a badass suit, loads mm-hmm. of kick-ass weapons, and far too many things out of out for your blood. And you have the makings of a great horror flick. A bloody mess, if done right. Uh, this could even spawn a series of movies and give us a new hero to cheer for in the cinema. I can, I mean, I feel like this could even just be a series. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think that would be a really good one for a series. It'd be tough. Everyone gets wrecked in Dead Space very quickly and turned <laughs> into aliens. But, I mean, I love the game. It's one of my favorite sci-fi games of all time. Wow, really? Oh, yeah. I mean, the first one's just a masterpiece. But, unfortunately, the third one, they decided to go to an ice planet. Boring. Reminds me of what happens when you put uh, zombies in a desert. It just isn't as good. <laughs> right. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, how about Shadow of the Colossus? Dude, yeah. Those were super cool because it was literally you're a little tiny person trying to take on huge, gigantic monsters. Are like, they like rock monsters? Most of them, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. And I mean, we're not we're, we're not talking like, you know, one or two stories tall. It's just like, it would be something like Vicky, you taking on Godzilla. Yeah, like that's what it looks like Godzilla, in the picture. Yeah. It says, load up on the CGI Colossi and get the perfect director and you have what I expect to be a surefire hit on your hands. Okay, so it's not that easy, but with the right direction, it could be a very good movie. Yes, you have to pick and choose which Colossi you would want to use as 16 is probably way too many for a single movie. Again, make it a series. Netflix, buy this. Uh, And have a hard time seeing, you know, getting multiple movies, but it sounds fun. Um, you have to make sure you get good writers so you get a good dialogue. Honestly, just make it a series. You don't need to make it a movie. Mm-hmm. That way you can get more of it. Yep. Uh, God of War, I feel like I've seen a lot of people talk about this one. Yeah, it makes me surprised that they haven't tried to do that yet. I mean, I feel like, because it feels like old time, like Game of Thrones-esque, like old timey yeah. type. And I feel like we're kind of walking we away from it. We have a lot of that stuff too right yeah, now. Yeah, and we're getting the like you know the Game of Thrones prequel. We're getting the Lord of the Rings stuff going on. There's a lot of it going on. So I mean, you could sneak it in. Who knows? Mm-hmm. It has to be really good because I feel like the following is very diehard. Oh, yeah. Um, Do- Detroit Become Human? That one uh, I haven't played, but I do know about it. And it's kind of just essentially a uh, almost it felt like almost like a minority report type mm-hmm. of, uh, of, uh, of mystery game uh, involving a lot of cybernetic stuff like that. So anything in that kind of like cyberpunk ish near future, I kind of like and I kind of like to see where they're going to go with that. I like all of those movies, but it's a hard space to innovate in because so many people have done that story mm-hmm. of something gets hacked or mm-hmm. someone's a right. big hacker or, he, you know, he's a mysterious person that just turns out to be a terrorist. You know? <laughs> and, but I do think there is a space there, though, if they did something really cool with, I don't even know, like Matrix-type alternate reality, mm-hmm. where you know, it's actually a computer program. And you're like, whoa, man. I mean, we've already gotten like... I mean, I don't really know much about this genre, if you will, but it made me think of Altered Carbon. Altered like, Carbon. Yeah, it yeah. really All is kind of along those lines. I mean, that one's a little bit more like super far future, yes. super science fiction sort of thing. And this one's a little more grounded. Think about, think a little bit more like... A, like, like a, yeah, like an iRobot. Blade Runners, or, what they said. Or like a, a, a RoboCop-type-esque. Even Westworld at this point. Yeah. Okay. After the last season. Oh, yeah, 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 exactly. And the last one on this list is an RPG, because they said they really wanted to put an RPG on this, and this is a game I've never heard of. Oh. Valkyria Chronicles. Oh, I don't know about nope. that one. Don't yeah, know. yeah, yeah. So it says, good, solid war movie with some fantasy elements, of course, and one kick-ass tank. And the artwork that I'm looking at here is very anime. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. I mean, most of the RPGs really, like, they do a lot of them I- in Japan. I mean... I- I keep thinking of these as live action movies, but you could even make them as cool CGI-esque movies. Well, I mean, like, back in the day, they tried that with Final Fantasy, The Spirits Within. It was it was very early in the CG, so mm-hmm. it was not great. Think worse Polar Express. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, you can do it. I feel that you could get away with a lot. And maybe now technology's gotten better. 
I mean, don't crap on Polar Express. I've also seen that movie a hundred times in the last five months. <laughs> hey, we are getting Avatar 2. Um, we are, yeah! Can we get, uh, what is it, a refinish of uh, all the Final Fantasy movies and Polar Express, please? Yes, please. Just update them a little bit. Just redo them, yeah. You know, back them. from the vault or whatever Disney does. <laughs> Until next time, guys, stay nerdy.